before we dive into today's episode, I want to offer a trigger warning related to mental health. This episode is being recorded during Movember, Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and on International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. During this episode, we'll be talking about mental health awareness, red flags to watch out for, and suicide awareness. I recognize that this is a topic that may trigger pain from survivors of suicide loss, so it was important to me to offer advance notice. Despite the challenging nature of the topic, I hope it is a small contribution to help break down the taboos of talking about mental health risks. Hello, it is 10 a.m. in New York, 4 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 9 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com. I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. It's Movember. And for those of you who have never heard of it, Movember is an annual event that is growing globally, and it involves growing a mustache during the month of November to raise awareness of men's physical and mental health issues, such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's suicide. My husband's participated in Movember for years. This mustache transforms his whole look. So how do I say this? Um, He goes from looking like a regular good guy to what almost everyone comments by saying he resembles a, and I quote, a 1970s porn star. He shakes this off every single time because it's so predictable. But in discussing this once with a round of friends, he said, well, I don't know says more about the person commenting than me, doesn't it? Fair point. I notice that I feel awkward when we're with people who are meeting him for the first time. And I'm thinking, God, what if they think he just always looks like this? And I catch myself in this selfishly protective thought. And then I break that discomfort to actually accomplish what Movember sets out to do. I say something like, yeah, my husband doesn't always look like a 70s star. It's for Movember. Have you heard of it? And that gives a segue for him to say more or for us to start that conversation. You know what? It's really awesome to watch that happen. And I give him a lot of credit for doing that every single Movember. And there's one instance where we had a good long conversation with a South African man who told us that mental health topics were an absolute taboo in his family. And I'm thinking, hey, mission accomplished, right? And I really admire when he brings this up in an organizational meeting with humor because it's breaking the scripts just briefly to raise awareness about what matters so much, but goes far too often undiscussed mental health. And in this case, specifically men's mental health, especially when it comes to suicide risk. Now I have to be honest, this topic isn't comfortable for me. In fact, it's tied to a lot of pain like it is for, for many people. And for me, much of that pain is connected to losses of people. I've called dear friends, have been trusted advisors, and even family friends. 
And I know, I know my pain is nothing compared to the nearest survivors of suicide loss. And that's why I want to talk about it today, to help battle the taboo on these conversations and to break open awareness within ourselves and our inner circle about mental health and including suicide risk. It's astounding when you think about the numbers, and I wonder why is this such a shock to learn the statistics behind it? That says everything, that this is still a taboo. According to the Cleveland Clinic in the U.S., suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. One person dies by suicide about every 11 minutes? What? It's a second leading cause of death among people ages 10 to 34 and the fourth leading cause of death among people aged 34 to 54, let alone the fifth leading cause of death among people ages 45 to 54. Groups of people who have higher rates of suicide include young people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. And since the COVID pandemic, we are seeing a rise of suicide risk. The International Association of Suicide Prevention shares research from a report that was recently conducted by the Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare and the National Police Agency in Japan. And those reports show that the total suicide rate among Japanese general population increased in 2020 for the first time in the past 11 years. Folks, I know the name of my podcast is Expat Happy Hour, and there's nothing happy about mental health struggles or suicide risk, but we have to talk about it. And I know I can't talk about this alone, right? So to do that, I brought in a psychologist to help us understand some of the stats and what to look out for. Elena Darmenko is a cross-cultural psychologist from Moscow, and she was raised in a multicultural family. She's an expert in cross-cultural communication with over 15 years of experience in psychology and foreign relations. Her personal expat story includes several years in Scandinavian countries and the Middle East. In 2020, Elena completed her postgraduate degree in Diplomatic Academy of Russia in the field of professional adaptation of foreign staff of international organizations. She focuses on the adaptation of introverted expats to help them feel more self-confident, both in professional and personal communication by creating their own comfort zone. And because of what she does generally as a psychological practitioner, she helps expats manage their stress and new cultural conditions and also stands by them in some of their toughest moments. As a trained psychologist, she has seen a lot. Elena's core values and principle is to be by her client's side, whatever happens in their lives, assisting them to make the most of their experiences abroad. The reason I invited Elena to join us was we were actually having a conversation after the Global Life in the Hard series. For those of you who didn't catch the Global Life in the Hard series, make sure you're inside Expats on Purpose because Elena is a member of Expat Coach Coalition and she did a wonderful uh, series session with Renata Andrade about mental health in the heart. What are the red flags to look out for? So we were talking after that session and the topic came up that about suicide and how she had just 
attended a conference recently and some of the shocking statistics. So Elena, you've been so kind to come and continue to share your expertise with us about this important topic. So thank you, Elena, for joining us on Expat Happy Hour. Thank you so much, Sunday, for inviting me. It's it's really a very important topic, particularly today after the um, 18 months of pandemic. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I have found the uh, very shocking statistics uh, about the uh, suicide rates, which became higher um, yeah, during the pandemic. And particularly in the expatriate society, I was, believe me, I was really shocked to find out that. Because uh, according to uh, those uh, data, to, the, to those numbers, uh, the uh, suicide rates among the experts are six to seven times higher than in the local society. So when I say that the experts are one of the most vulnerable groups when we're speaking about the mental health, well, I'm not joking, this is true. And even when we see those nice pictures in Instagram and the people are so happy to be the digital nomads and uh, to live their expert lives. However, we do not see what's behind that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's shocking. Like, let's just pause on that. Yes. Oh, and, you know, uh, yeah, the vulnerability. And uh, last week I have participated in the conference about suicidology and um, where we have discussed all those really shocking rates. And, well, I've made my, my short message, my short speech about the expatriate society. And uh, it was, it, it's really important not even to prevent, because we can't, you know, we can't control the future. Right. So when we are speaking about the prevention of the suicide, this is the very difficult and also the vulnerable topic. Yeah. And so, I have to just be really, really transparent here. I get really triggered when I hear about suicide prevention because mm-hmm. I have loved ones in my life that have lost dear, dear, dear family members to suicide and there was nothing that they could do to prevent it. So I think you and I are on the same page. This is about suicide awareness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Oh, so tell us, do we understand why those who are living globally mobile lives are six or seven times at a higher likelihood of suicide than the local populations? Well, uh, you know, um, I think that one of the um, one of the main reasons, I mean, the mental health reasons, for the suicide is, of course, the the depression and the starting from the light forms of depression mm. and became higher and higher and more and more difficult, people unfortunately came to the idea to end up their lives. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they feel alone. They have no one to share, to share their, um, their bad feelings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, a lot of my clients say me that they feel locked they feel Mm -hmm. locked in their new country they have lost the connections with their loved ones because we all understand that zoom is not enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's also uh the the problem of inability of controlling the future 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for instance, I have a client who's living in the New Zealand and she was planning to visit her family for the mm-hmm. Christmas holidays, but the country is locked mm-hmm. and they are divided. Mm-hmm. So the, those are one of the uh, main reasons. And of course, we speak about we can speak about the different groups of people which are inside the society are the most vulnerable. We are speaking about the teenagers, mm-hmm. the people around 40 years old, yeah, the crisis of 40s, and of course, the senior people mm. of 65, 70 years old who feel uh, useless, mm. who feel even more alone. Right. Particularly can... when they are divided with their children, with mm. their family, and they do not have any kind of idea about the future. Right, especially the elderly. When you have so much time behind you and an unknown time ahead. I'm also thinking about the LGBTQ plus community, teens who are questioning their gender identity, their sexual identity, yeah, transgender absolutely. folks. Like that, it just exacerbates all of the pressure that society puts on people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it depends on the society they live. Yes. Yeah, we know that there are societies with those kind of the um, patriarchic, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. patriarchic societies when uh, where those topics are even hidden or Mm -hmm. even forbidden to discuss. Absolutely. So people, particularly young people, have even more pressure on their shoulders. Yep, absolutely. I even did a podcast. I'll have to make sure I share it in the show notes. But Patricia, who came on that podcast, talked about how coming from a sub-Sahel or a Southern African country, there's a stigma around looking for support for mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of space, even today, to publicly share with your friends or family that you want to seek out support for mental health. So we're, we're, we're isolated. People are struggling. One thing that I've watched over the last 10 years, and I've also you know seen it in my own life, when you're isolated and um, people don't know you, it's mm-hmm. kind of easy to get away with stuff like, you know, oh, you know, you know, I'm um, I just had one glass of wine or no, I'm not that bad. Like your best friends know you and they're like, no, come on. This is not mm-hmm. okay, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to a uh, podcast from with S, uh, Esther Perel and Glennon Doyle. They talk about how when you're isolated, you can have a narrow version of yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you're around the people that love you, they they know who you are and then they invite you to be that complex version of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're yeah, alone, absolutely. if you're isolated, then people around you will just accept that narrow version. I'm curious from you, what are some shifts that you've seen with your clients thanks to COVID or as a result of COVID? For the past two years, uh, I have more and more cases uh, with um, suffering from the social isolation. Mm. Uh, Particularly, well, I can speak about pressure, yeah, because we didn't have that, uh, those huge restrictions as comparing with Europe, for instance. However, for the past uh, couple of months, we really have the bigger and bigger tension from the uh, uh, side of our state authorities. And there are lots of reasons about that. And 
I see more and more people suffering from this tension and suffering from their obligation to, let's say, to, they, they don't know, um, they, 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 their lives are not predictable. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. So, okay, they say we live here in Russia, we, we, we uh, feel very safe, but however, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Right. Whether right. we are obliged to stay at home and to work from home, or we are r- r- obliged to get vaccinated in the coming two days, right. or what will happen and mm-hmm. how we can manage this situation, because really this is the huge emotional burden. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, we can't see it, right? It's yeah, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. First mm-hmm. and uh, second, uh, if we speak about the virus, and that's what I was talking about, I think uh, more than a year um, ago, we have this enemy, I mean, the COVID, but mm-hmm. it's invisible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we don't, even if we don't have those restrictions, if we are not obliged to stay at home, we're going out but we don't know what to expect from each person we meet on the street. And this is also, yeah, the, the, uh, the second biggest problem we have here. Yeah. That's what I think this, uh, this year brought to us. Well, and it, it, one way that's evidence is I have started to have dreams where I'm mad at people that they're not wearing their mask. Yeah, you, right? believe me, you're not alone. I wanna get really concrete, red flags. When, when is it a sign that you or someone you care about should probably um, get support, whether it's from a coach or whether it's from a therapist? Again, there's a lot of signs, but let's just throw out a few of them that we should be looking for. So I would like to uh, name uh, two um, most vulnerable groups of potential clients for a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And probably something about the, um, the red flags in your emotional conditions. First of all, and I would like to start with the most important thing from my side. Those are the people with their uh, childhood trauma. Mm. The victim of the abusive behavior uh, of the, uh, yeah, as I said, the trauma uh, of the gaslighting and all that, that kinds of situation. Why? Mm. Just because... Uh, the first thing they're trying to do, they're trying to leave their abuser. And mm. with this purpose, they leave the country they lived. And they have an idea. And I think that 100% of my clients with a childhood trauma suffered from the same. Uh, they had an idea that if they leave the abuser, their life would be better naturally. And immediately mm. and they are losing the time mm. i have several clients who's been living in russia for five six seven years and they didn't seek the uh, help the assistance of a psychologist mm-hmm. however the more they live with this problem the more unfortunately they start to feel guilty that probably there was something wrong with them mm. in the past mm. And so they have this, this unhealthy circle in their minds. So mm-hmm. if, by coincidence, you're one of those people, use your time wisely. and Be smart and try to seek the support of a psychologist because it's possible to change the life. It's possible to help. It's possible to find the support. And this is really very important. So right. the, the, uh, the, the second biggest group, 
I started to work with is the um, male trailing sposes. There are just few number of them, but the number increases year by year. And mm -hmm. we understand as psychologists that males have the very different you know, type of socialization comparing with women. And they really need the very specific type of treatment, particularly if they used to be the breadwinners in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. Huge identity shift. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a couple of words just uh, about the red flags, the, um, the social loneliness and the social isolation. The more you feel alone, the more reasons to look for the therapist. Mm -hmm. or a coach. Well, and if we talk about trauma, there's, I mean, I was on a Facebook forum and they talked about how trauma is passed around like a soccer ball, that there's so much going around and there's so much from your family of origin mm -hmm. or whatever community experience you had that it's, it's, it's happening everywhere. And before COVID, people were working with either conscious trauma or unconscious trauma with mm -hmm. the best of their ability. Right. And sometimes struggling and sometimes leading really healthy functional lives. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you add that one other layer on it. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, the straw that breaks the camel's back, right. It's too much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you suggest? I mean, should people just try to quit, leave their posts and lock up and go home? Or what do you think people should do when they're finding like it's too much or they're feeling on the brink of it being too much? Well, you know, um, as a mental health professional, I would suggest to seek the professional help or at least the support groups. Mm. Because, uh, of course, and I've heard this from uh, a lot of my clients, they would prefer to, to speak in person, to, uh, to be inside of a community, to be inside of a group. But when they feel that this pressure is too huge, it's, it's too much again, mm -hmm. yeah? Mm -hmm. They are trying to, um, to find at least someone who can speak with them online. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. someone with whom they can share their um all, all their all their um, all their problems let's say mm -hmm. so at least the support group so what are some other warning signs if if you're noticing yourself do a b or c you need to take it seriously what were some of those things that we need to pay attention to well uh everything begins from the uh, light forms of depression, as I said. So while you feel, I can't say sad, yeah? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's okay to feel sad for some times. Mm -hmm. But when this lasts too much, when you feel probably, when you feel useless, when you feel disconnected, mm. and what is also, what is even more important, when you don't know when you don't have any idea how to reconnect with mm. yourself first and with your loved ones also. Mm. When you feel isolated in the local community, ask yourself why and what can you do to improve this situation? Or probably you can seek the professional help. Mm -hmm. 
right? Probably there is someone, something you don't know, but there should be someone who can explain you what to do, mm-hmm. who can give you some ideas, some insights. This will be probably helpful. And the biggest advice I can give is don't stay alone. Mm-hmm. Because the, the longer you stay alone, the longer you stay locked, the worse mm-hmm. is the situation. Right, right. One of the things that I have some people that I love who have confided in me that they've had uh, suicide ideation and mm-hmm. have said, it's nothing, don't worry about it, but it, let me just tell you, it's crossed my mind mm-hmm. type of thing. And I've, I've had some very transparent conversations to say, hey, if that starts happening again, would you mind letting me know? Like, can you... Can you let me know if those thoughts come up? Like to have someone who, who you, it's already like, you don't have to break this taboo, but hey, it's popping up again, or I'm in a dark place right now. What do you think about that as a professional health provider? What about, what about that idea? Well, you know, um, uh, as you said before, there's a stigma, well, about, um, not only about the suicide itself, but also about the uh, mental health conditions. Is it something wrong with me? No, I'm fine. I have my job. I have mm-hmm. a good family, even mm-hmm. if, uh, if they are in um, their way. I don't have any, any logical reasons to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably I'm just complaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I should stay, I shouldn't be weak, you know, mm-hmm. I should keep strong. Right. I should be endurant because mm-hmm. in some, um, in some societies, in some cultures, like Russian, for instance, uh, the endurance is somewhere on the top of priorities. Mm-hmm. Do not complain. Mm-hmm. Do like it a badge yourself. Of honor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you really think you need psycho- a, a psychologist? Right. And do you know if there's higher rates among men versus women? Because I, my experience just working in the personal development field is that women are more inclined to ask for help um, than their male counterparts. I don't know. Yeah, if absolutely. You yeah, 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 yeah. That's the oh, same. Are men absolutely. at a higher risk? I mean, that's what Movember is all about, uh, right? Where I would say are... that mm-hmm. the males are on high risk of the committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the uh, the high rates, as I remember, are among the white males uh, of 60, 60 plus years old. Mm-hmm. However, women tend to seek the help of First, of their friends, mm-hmm. of their families, mm-hmm. in their neighborhood, uh, at the professional, at the, uh, at the mental mm-hmm. health professional. I think this is um, the reason for that is that the men and women have different ways of socialization. Right, right. So we're looking at like traditional gender constructs that have been taught to people to absorb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why Movember, which I talked about at the top of the episode, is so important. It consciously aims to support men, right, as they struggle, because gender expectations can be so crushing, especially for those who are socialized as men, and there's so much stigma associated with struggling. So I will promise to add a resource from Movember in the show notes on how to start these hard conversations, but 
from my research, one thing I took away was to watch out for um, the strong ones, right? We're, we're always told to check on your strong friends. And in terms on checking on the men in your lives specifically and their mental health, one great place to start would be the ones who are juggling both work and family, right? And it got me thinking how important it is to be checking on our colleagues and friends who seem to be, I don't know, withdrawing or maybe even obsessing on something. And maybe the more obvious, but needs to be said, is checking in on those who are living with underemployment or unemployment and managing a level of uncertainty that isn't going away, right? And that includes actually a lot of people. I know this is just a tip of the iceberg and Elena, we're running out of time, uh, but we had to start somewhere, right? It's a big topic. It's a big topic. I want to just pull back for a second and look at where we've been. What we started talking about is that there is a heightened risk for suicide that we've seen statistically Mm -hmm. and that expats are at a greater risk than the local population. So with that in mind, I'm just processing that it's an important topic to not put off of our radar, mental health on any level, so that those statistics don't rise even higher. Yeah, efficiently. And that's part of the reason why I want to talk about suicide is to break that taboo and talk about mental health awareness, right? The red flags and what we can do about it. Anything that's important uh, around this topic that we haven't yet talked about that needs some attention? Mm. Well, it was really a small conversation for the huge topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's the, this topic is really huge, and uh, I will uh, I will also give uh, you some resources which would be helpful for uh, for our fellow experts. Well, the last thing and the most important thing I should say that okay, you're not alone. There's always someone who can help you. Mm-hmm. And this is very important to start breaking this taboo around this topic. Mm-hmm. Because this is uh, the small, the very small, the very first and the very baby step to the he- of the healing process, mm. which may last for years. Mm. And I should say that the, the suicide survivors... Well, it's, it's not possible to be prepared for this. But however, this is okay that this, this process last, lasts for years and years and years. But however, don't give up. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I have a dear friend who just celebrated her 10th birthday, she calls it. Um, she had attempted... Uh, to take her own life 10 years ago and is now celebrating that she's been alive for 10 years since that date. And she has shared about that publicly um, mm-hmm. on social media so that the stigma is broken. And she's invited people on her own healing journey. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's inspiring to watch her courageously share that um, and inspire others who are struggling mm-hmm. and re- remove that stigma. Um, and share what 
her joys as well that have happened um, since she hit one of her lowest moments. So thank you for... That's that's really the great reason to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being courageous enough to to talk about this tough topic with me today. Um, I know it's a really big one. And thank you for the work that you do to support other people when they're experiencing loss or in their own mental health crisis. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm, I'm really, I really know that it's so important to start breaking up this taboo. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, Elena is so kind to give us a list of resources that we will include in the show notes. If you are struggling or if you know someone who's struggling, we've got some resources at your fingertips so that you can be in community with people who will love and support you through this. You have been listening to a very special episode of Expat Happy Hour, taking a different tone from our normal episodes, but definitely worth the time to talk about it and to pause um, and ask ourselves how we're doing um, and how our loved one's doing. So thank you for joining me on Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean. I'll leave you with the words of Eckhart Tolle. Awareness is the greatest agent for change. Mm-hmm.